the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Holy cow, what a weekend in the NFL. That is a machine just printing money because of games like that. And before you say last night's game was the best game of the season, it might have been. Yes. But don't sleep on the Chargers-Raiders game from just like two weeks ago. Like that was I awesome. don't remember that, man. <laughs> yeah, you nah, fell asleep because you have an early morning show. Casey, that show, that, that game was awesome. No, I watched it. Oh, did you? Yeah. I thought you said you fell asleep on I that game. I watched it the next morning, remember? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But, I mean, th- the intensity of that game, because Pittsburgh was involved as well, like, it's an unbelievable game. I haven't forgot about that one. I know everybody else is like, whoa. And they might be right. Yeah. But because um, there's so much more on the line, too. Well, there was a lot on the line that day between the Raiders and the Chargers. Chargers didn't make the playoffs because of it. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh did. So, uh, terrific game. Terrific weekend of games. Yesterday was 20 times better. See, there was a lot of drama on Saturday. I told Ty this. Ty was like, unbelievable game. I was like, yeah. I said, I didn't think the games were like overly entertaining or well played on Saturday, but I think they had so much drama to them because of the end that they were fantastic. You know, I didn't think they were the most excitable games. Yesterday's games were (laughs) were terrific with the comeback and just points being scored and everything else. Um, What a day Uh, it was. Overtime rules, obviously a discussion again. Jags coaching (laughs) decision. Is it on the horizon? Should we expect it this week now that guys like Hackett and guys like Leftwich are available for second interviews? What's happening with Doug Peterson and Jim Caldwell? And where are we at? I mean, gosh, it's the quietest thing in the world. Like, I forget the Jags have an opening. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's been 26 days since they interviewed Doug Peterson. And I don't even know the math on the days since Urban Meyer was fired. Mm -hmm. Jags have been without a head coach in reality, for like two months. Yeah, they've been just kind of aimlessly walking through the dark, it seems like, you know. Um, well, they were kind of doing that anyway. But. In, yeah, pretty much, <laughs> in limbo. Um, you know, I think Nathaniel Hackett's got a second interview lined up now in Denver, um, if I read that correctly. I think I saw that too, yeah. You know, it just it begs the question of, you know, when is Leftwich or, so, you know, when is Hackett? I don't know, th- these guys that are so available, when do they get the second opportunity to interview with the Jaguars? Because... Now is the time. I mean, there's really no more excuses. I'm, I'm not sure, like, in terms of Biennemi. I think Jacksonville's all set with that, obviously. They're not, he's not a candidate right now. Um, anybody, you know, from the Rams, I don't think, is a candidate. And, you know, the, the other teams respectively as well. The Bengals, I don't think anyone's a candidate. You know what I'm saying? So your guy is out there someplace. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you need to go and pull the trigger and show it who, you, who he's going to be. And go get him. So different than last year when you knew Urban Meyer was the guy that Shad Khan coveted, mm-hmm. and he went and got him. Yeah. And now he didn't have a ton of competition for him, but he went and got him. Very different this year. I don't know who Shad's guy is. Like, who is he really covet? Mm-hmm. We don't know how many people are, even though they covet them, a la Peterson, who might say, hey, yeah, but I think this job might be better. Let's see how it shakes out. A la Leftwich, who might say, I'd rather go to Chicago and Justin Fields and that organization. Jacksonville's kind of a mess right now. You know, could could do it. Yeah. Could do it. So um, I think I think that's what I warn people against. Everybody's like, well, Leftwich is available. Go pull the trigger. It's like, okay, there's a lot more that goes into it. 
Like, what are you presenting him? Is Bulky part of it? Uh, what's the contract like? Like, what's the discussion? So, like, what's the staff like? How much control is he going to have? What's Chicago maybe going to give him instead? Like, it's not just because Jags have an open job and now your guy's available. It's going to happen. Like, that's not how it works. But isn't it the power, though, of Shad Khan to go, hey, Byron, what can we do for you? Like you mentioned, if Bulky's a Absolutely. part of it. So, like, I, I mean, does, I think so. If you, you yeah. covet him a lot, yeah, that should be the case. Okay. But I'm saying, like, so if you're Shad Khan, though, I mean, you're going to Byron Leftwich, don't you go to Byron and be like, hey, what what can we do, whatever you need, you got? Because keep in mind, Trevor Lawrence is still here. You know, I mean, he's – I say what you want about Justin Fields, and I know he's a promising guy as well, but, I mean, Trevor Lawrence was the number one overall pick for a reason. You know, the 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 attributes jump off the, the paper. So isn't that what Byron Leftwich would need? Or what, what do you think Byron Leftwich needs? Well, I – I don't know what Byron Leftwich needs. That's my. I'm, that's I'm, what, what I'm asking you. What, yeah, what do you think what he wants to do? To. Like I don't know. Just because we feel a certain way, I don't know what if we know how Byron feels. Okay. Uh, about Trevor mm-hmm. versus about a guy like Justin Fields. Uh, about the Chicago organization versus what they're telling him, um, and a guy and, and the Jags organization. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, listen. I think Byron. If I was advising Byron, I'd say, hey, don't take this job unless you bring in your own GM. Mm. Um, and and you get a lot of resources to put a really good staff around you so you can lure some of the best, a defensive coordinator that's out there that's that's very good, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, a QB coach and anybody else that you want. Like, I'm sure he has a vision for this, uh, I would hope, and I would think I'm asking for that. And if Shad isn't willing to budge on that as much as he wants to, like he was willing to do with Urban Meyer, then you'd go in a different direction. I, I think the same could be said, though. Like, I think they should, Jim Caldwell and Doug Peterson should be a big part of this thing. Yeah. So did Shad or say, did he not give those, them the keys to that? Or what do you want? Or does he just not like those guys as the top two candidates for various reasons? Or do they not like this as the top spot for them? Meanwhile, the Jags um, could still have them on their list, but they're going to wait and see what happens. And the Jags might not want to wait around for them to decide on Minnesota, Chicago, Denver, where else it might be. I, my point being is I think there's a lot that goes into this other than, hey, we want Byron Leftwich. Let's go get him. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so well, well, let's assume that Byron Leftwich goes to Chicago. Let's assume that Nathaniel Hackett taking a second interview, I believe, today in Denver. There's an Aaron Rodgers connection there. Yep. Aaron Rodgers is a favorite to go to Denver right now. That can make things a lot easier if you get Hackett as the coach. Who are the Jaguars looking at then? Um, well, Eberflus is in the mix, isn't he? And Chicago is also in the mix, on. So mm-hmm. that becomes Eberflus, uh, that at least what we hear. I, I still have not ruled out Peterson and Caldwell. Although I understand why a lot of people have, mm-hmm. and I think there's some logic involved in that. But I still wouldn't. And I've told you the story before. I think part of the reason is Sean does this very quiet, and for him to go back to Doug Peterson three weeks after he interviewed him and say, hey, we really like you, it wouldn't be the most stunning thing in the world. Like, he keeps it so quiet. It happened a little bit in the Coughlin stuff uh, years ago where I think he hadn't even really talked to him for two weeks, and then boom, hey, Tom, we'd like you to be the EVP. You know? Well, so, I mean, it's happened. How is that an advantage, though? Like, what? Oh, I don't know. Why would Shad, okay, so then why would Shad Khan do that? I uh, maybe just to get a second interview with Byron and, and really vet it out more. You know, maybe maybe like to see Byron and Hackett and okay. really wants to vet that to the point more than a Zoom call or or more than a two hour meeting. Wants to get into the weeds a little bit more with those guys. I don't know. Hmm. I don't. I don't know. Um, I just I don't think it's a likelihood. That's why I've kind of moved on myself to Hackett left, which make the most sense sure. right now. Um, 
but I just don't think we can assume that they're they're dead in the race. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it might not because they're the first choice. Mm-hmm. The, what you just presented to me is left, which goes to Chicago. Hackett goes to Denver. Eberflus, maybe they're not as high on as every, just because they interviewed him a second time because the Zoom call went bad the first time. Yep. And so then they go, okay, well, we kind of wanted Leftwich or we wanted Hackett, but they're getting scooped up. Let's go back to Doug Peterson and see what we can do here. Right. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's so, so to answer your question, I would think on what the reports are, Eberflus would be the next in line after that. But I wouldn't rule out as my point going back to Peterson instead, which even though he wasn't maybe on the top of their list to bring in for a second interview, he might be better than the third option, which could have been Eberflus. Yeah, I, I guess my biggest fear right now and a lot still there's a lot of dominoes that got to fall into place before like, I'm truly going to freak out about it. But. My fear, and this is what I talked about before, is that if you have Trent Baalke making these decisions and maybe he's turning some guys off, maybe the process isn't going as smoothly as Shad Khan thought it was going to go. My fear is that your job is not as sexy as you think it is. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's better jobs out there for head coaches. My fear is that you're going to lose out on Leftwich, go to Chicago, wherever he's going to go. You, I guess you're going to lose Hackett, even though I'm not the biggest Hackett supporter. I'm, you know, I'm whatever. But you're going to lose Hackett. And then Doug Peterson goes some, someplace like maybe Minnesota. And now all of a sudden, your top three guys, and we'll see with Caldwell. I'm not sure what Caldwell's play in this whole thing is yet. But say, like, Caldwell doesn't take the job either. Well, now, I mean, assuming those are your top four guys, you missed out on your top four guys. Yeah. And there's, what, six jobs available? Seven jobs? Oh, I'm sorry, eight jobs available, uh, depending what happens with Las Vegas because there's... Well, it's available, though. Their coaching job, people. yeah, but uh, yeah, but they could still bring the old guy back. Is I guess what they I'm could. saying. Yeah. yeah, so seven, eight, whatever the case may be. That's my fear right now. Is that you're going to miss out on your top four of candidates, and then you'll be left with some guy thinking like, well, who's this guy? What does he have to bring to the table? Like, I kind of feel like that with Eberflus right now. I, I really do because, okay, that's great. Jacksonville interviewed him for a second time. So did Chicago. I feel like Chicago's really copying a lot of the things that Jacksonville is doing. That's fine, whatever. But nobody else has, have they? No. Yeah, so I, I would be a little worried about that then. Yeah, uh, well, here's the other thing. Shad might be playing the long game of, listen, I like Jim Caldwell. I don't have him time my, high on my list, but I don't think he's going to get scooped up by anybody else. Okay. And if, one of, if these situations don't work out the way I want, I can fall back on Jim Caldwell. I'm just okay. playing a scenario sure. in my mind, right? Like, that, could, uh, that could be it. I, that could be it. So, yeah. um Again, that could be it. We, we don't know. We're all guessing right now. And listen, I, I agree with this, and I think we all would agree with this. Shot has made an attractive job, although I think it's debatable to say it's the most attractive job. Last year, we said it was. Last Correct. year, it was clearly the most attractive job. This year, I wouldn't say that. I think Minnesota's a, a more attractive job. I think you can make a case for other ones to be just as attractive, if not more attractive, than Jacksonville, given the current state and, and dysfunction inside the organization. And what Shot has done is by keeping Trent Bulky around, I think we all agree with this, has made it a worse job from a perception standpoint. Because we don't really know what Trent Bulky is going to be in the future or currently or whatever. We, we know he's currently there. Yep. And, and so uh, we've had these debates countless times. I still think you can bring Doug Peterson in and say that's a very attractive job because you get to fire him if you don't want him. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but that hasn't happened and we haven't seen that. So uh, from the outside looking in, Shot has made this a worse job than it um, than it might even appear from a perception standpoint by keeping Bulky around. I think we all agree. Uh, on on that part of it. So we'll see. I mean, it's, uh, I would expect, now this is total guess, okay? Don't have inside info on when the timing of this. Sure. But I really think the dominoes are about to fall mm. now. 
I, I think everybody is there even anybody else in the mix? I mean, Bietemi's in the mix, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But now Dable's out, Leslie Frazier's out, mm -hmm. Hackett's out. Uh, was the other guy? Um, Leftwich is out. Leftwich, yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, I mean, it has to fall. The senior. When's the senior bowl next week? Yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I'm saying in terms of, like, starting to go after your guys, you know, going to practices, using your GMs, your scouts, everybody, kind of saying what kind of guys you want, like, I think that's important. Yeah, and I haven't – I don't think you freak out or start to get super panicky in Jacksonville until the first domino falls, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Like, nobody's hired a coach. Sure. Nobody has made a move yet, mm -hmm. like, which is fascinating to me. That nobody has made a move. Nobody, not one out of the eight hires have said, I target this guy, I want this guy, I'm going to make this guy my coach. And they haven't done that yet. But who's the most desperate team that needs a coach right now? I feel like it's Jacksonville. Because I feel like how things went this past season, how you have a rookie quarterback right now who, you know, underachieved for a majority of his season, I feel like you, you're the team right now that I feel like probably needs a head coach and, and structure and culture more than anybody in this league right now. Yeah, I would argue. I would I would. I wouldn't argue much about that, but I would say in New York, they would say, raise their hand pretty quickly, too, right? Houston would raise their hand pretty quickly, too. That's been an organization but, uh, in disarray. But I think I think New York's got a plan, though. I mean, we assume Jacksonville's going to have a plan, but, like, New York already hired their GM. So they're at least one at step least in the right direction. That. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and one could assume that it's going to be Dable because, you know, the, the Buffalo Bill ties there. Yeah. Um, my, my, I guess my point is I think a lot of – people could have that discussion and say we're desperate for a head coach to change things. I mean, Chicago's the same way, right? I mean, Chicago's been an organization and... They also went to the playoffs like two years ago. Yeah, and Jacksonville did four years ago. I mean, so it's like... And then what happened? <laughs> what happened in Chicago? They've done nothing. Uh, I think they've done a lot better than Jacksonville Jaguars have yeah. done. Listen, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to sit here and debate, like, but I'm just telling no, you there's I'm, four organizations right now sure. that I could sit there and say we're desperate for a leader. Of course. Right, and that's Chicago, and, New York, and Houston to top the list. And, and I think if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars and I'm Shad Khan, I look at this and say, we are the most desperate team right now for someone to lead us and to someone to, to right these wrongs. Yeah. I think it's not even close in the league. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, I think it's closer than you think, but I, I wouldn't sit here and disagree with you for too long about Jacksonville's not number one. I mean, and, and quite frankly, they're the ones we really care about. <laughs> and yeah. So, so uh, the... That's going to happen. I just think that I think we'll know the end. Do you agree with me? Do you think we'll know a head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars by the end of the week? Of course, because the, you have Byron Leftwich uh, available now. You have all these guys available for sure. Dominoes will start falling in place pretty soon. Boy, it just seems like nobody's in a rush. Well, I think once these guys got out of the playoffs, now you're going to start to see a little more haste being made here. Yeah. Um, which is, so, you, so you really. Everybody is really locked. What's amazing about that is Hackett might have three interviews, mm -hmm. I think it sounds like, uh, maybe a fourth. I think three. And Leftwich, I think, only has the two, Chicago and Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. And so we're saying those two guys held up the entire process of somebody making a move. What doesn't Todd Bowles have, the guy from? Oh, is Bowles getting more interviews? Uh, I have no idea. I mean, we don't. He's been interviewed, correct? He's been interviewed by the Jags, yeah. I thought he had other guys interviewing him. He might have. Yeah. So maybe Bowles has been yeah. uh, in that mix as well. Yeah. So I just think it's interesting that those guys are holding it up. Now, some of those other spots had GMs. They wanted to put the GM in place first. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, if Dable's the guy, which I also don't – I think is a dangerous way to go just because he came from Buffalo and this other guy, Shane, uh, is how you pronounce it, by the way, came okay. from Buffalo. Um, I don't think, like, that doesn't mean automatically they're going to both be in New York. Okay. I, 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 because I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Shane – 
works closely with Dable and loves them and blah, 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 blah. I mean, he, he could have somebody else in mind. I mean, Dan Quinn has been rumored to be there in New York. Uh, I think um, Flores, who's a Brooklyn native, bringing him back has been rumored. And, and so mm-hmm. there could be ties there. So, yeah, I, I don't think we should just assume like it's a package deal coming out of Buffalo that Shane and, and Dable will be going I mean, to New York. I just assume right after they got beat, he's getting a second interview already. I feel like there's at least some like there with, with Dable. Uh, I mean, literally, you just lost a AFC champ, or a chance to go to the AFC championship game, and now you're going back to New York for an interview. All right. Usually, guys want to take a couple of days off just to kind of decompress, especially of the heartbreaking game like that. Yeah. But, well, listen, I predicted he goes to New York, so I'm hoping it happens. Amen to that. <laughs> uh, we will see. Hopefully, I mean, and I don't know. Is it one that makes the? Is it if if they were to, uh, uh, if they were to hire Dable, does that set the dominoes in motion? Now does everybody start saying, okay, we got to move? You know, we, I, I don't know. if I don't know if the Giants are one or who's so, like the kingpin, right? Who's the oh, domino? We, we talked about this on Friday. Jim Harbaugh, I think, is the kingpin. Oh, uh, if he's going to move? Yep. That's a good call. Yeah, I think he's he is the biggest domino right now because you have no idea what he's going to do. Yeah. Uh, I think with Peterson, you got a good idea where he's going to go. I think with... I don't know how these, you know, the interviews went, but I think with Caldwell, there's at least a decent idea of what he wants. I don't think anybody has an inkling what Jim Harbaugh is going to do. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, I actually think the domino could be, and I don't know what else you guys said, uh, is is maybe Minnesota, though, because Minnesota, to me, might have the best opportunity out there. Mm-hmm. You know? We, we, it's just about salary cap, though. It, it can be tricky. Yeah, so they're... Yeah. Yeah, there's good and bad, right? And yeah. by the way, not everybody's... A lot of people right now would buy into a Fields or a Lawrence more than Cousins. Yeah. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, even though he's good, they know what he is. Mm-hmm. And it, that ceiling's not high enough for them. Yeah. So, especially if you watch some of these quarterbacks play over the weekend. Um, so, I think that's uh, that's pretty fair to say uh, as well. Here's one thing that I don't like, and I don't know if you guys feel this way or not. Okay, so we watch Green Bay struggle offensively. Mm-hmm. And Hackett, by the way, isn't the guy calling plays. That's not why he's getting the job. I mean, he's part of their offense, and he's learned some, And but he called plays here. He has done it, obviously, in the past, but it's not that. But you, you take – I feel like we take uh, – Green Bay loses, has a bad offensive game. Okay, ugh, Hackett. Eberflus gives up points to the Jaguars in, in the last game of the year. Ugh, don't like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leftwich, well, until it was, it was, it was 27-3, you'd be like, ugh, don't like that, mm-hmm. right? Like – we gotta be really careful, folks, to just be. They ain't picking a coach based on their last game. No, it's, like, just let's be. You're, you're better than that. We're smarter than that. Like they're not. This is a whole resume of years and years of work. Yeah, you know. No, I thought no, it's just like you know, try talking about draft picks their last game in the season, whether it's exactly, a you yeah. know. But at the same time, that's your opportunity to see them when the stakes are the highest. You know, that's so true. so I mean, th- th- there is something to be said for that. Whether you are a player, whether you are a coach in the NFL, coaching in the, you know the divisional round of the playoffs or an AFC Championship game or an AFC Championship game in the future, um, so there is something to be said for that because you want to see not only how these players can do, but how these coaches can do under pressure as well. Yeah, well, if that's the case too, then wouldn't you think Eric Bieniemy's phone should be ringing off the hook again? No, for sure. And, it may- and maybe he's got it. I'm no- I hear you. I hear you. Who do you think did the best coaching job this weekend? Then? Ooh. Best coaching job this weekend. Um, I mean, I, I'd probably go Andy Reid. It's interesting. I thought you were going to go Shanahan. 
Yeah, yeah but like... But their offense did nothing. No, I mean, you got a, break, a couple breaks on special teams that won you the game. Yeah. I, I think overall in terms of identity and in what, like, the Chiefs, what we saw, the, those are the Chiefs. You yeah. know, I mean, that's we've seen that story how many times play with Andy Reid. I think the guy that actually started getting calls was a defensive coordinator for uh, Cincinnati. Okay. Is that that after the there? Yeah. I think that he's the one name that started to pop a little bit. Okay. Um, after that, I don't even know who he is. Yeah. Is is that is Barry there or is that Green Bay? Is he the Green Bay guy? Uh, I think he's the Green Bay guy. Maybe Callahan. I don't know. I got to look him up. Uh, we got Lou uh, Namaru. Lou Anamaru. That's the defense coordinator? Yeah. Okay, maybe that's it. Lou Anamaru. I thought I saw his name starting to pop after that performance. Yeah. And okay. he's done a lot with a, not a lot of stars on defense. No, not at all. Man. All right, we come back. We talk about some of those games and uh, the overtime rules, obviously, a thing. I don't think it should be, at least off this game, uh, but it is a thing. We talk about Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Buffalo scores with 13 seconds left. I mean, you, technically, you still have time to get the field goal, but it looks pretty grim there. What, you have any special advice to Pat right there? Do you have any words for him at that point when Buffalo took the lead for the last time? Yeah, when it's grim, be the grim reaper and go get it. So he uh, he did that. He went, he, he uh, made everybody around him, which he uh, is great at. And, um, uh, and, you know, he just does it effortlessly. Um, when, when it gets tough, you know, he's going to be there battling. And players appreciate that. That is Andy Reid. Good advice. Hey, Buffalo, play some defense. Yeah. Hey, 13 seconds left. And now everybody's getting all mad about the overtime thing, which, by the way, I don't mind you getting mad about the overtime thing. I just don't think you can coming off this game. I mean, they had a chance. This football's more than offense. Hmm? Like, football's... It's special teams. Ask Green Bay. Well, it's special teams. They lost on special teams. It's defense. It's defense. Ask Buffalo. And so, I don't know. I just don't... I don't feel it, this one. I, I Am I wrong? Like, do you feel like overtime screwed the game? Like, I feel like we're just selfish fans. I think we just wanted to see it more. Like, yeah. we wanted to see... Josh Allen go down the field again? I get that. Like, I'm not telling you I wouldn't have wanted to see that. Uh, I mean, it, so it would have made a better game for sure. Like, if you go, like, the college rules, you give Josh Allen a chance. I mean, I think it was already the, the greatest, one of the greatest playoff games I've ever seen. That's even going to add to it. But at the same time, no, I, I think it's fine. Do, do you, in, in general, do you mind the overtime rule or do you think it should be, you do not like it? No, I mean, I think it's fine. Not in this case. I'm just saying No, for general. sure. I, I don't mind it because that team's got to score a touchdown to end the game. Yeah. If you kick a field goal, there's still an opportunity to, to right that wrong. You know, so you have an opportunity, but you got to rely on your defense a little more. And then this is a team sport. So I'm, uh, yeah, it, it could have been a better game with overtime. I get that. Money could have been made a lot more. I get that as well. But... That's football, man. And and I'm not mad at it. Casey, young guy, view. How do you feel about overtime in the NFL? Not yesterday, just overtime in the NFL. It's dumb. Mm-hmm. It's the only major sport that you don't get a chance if you're both teams. The it's, only sport. And so you would just play it out like a ten like the old ten minute way of Yeah, you gotta let both teams have the ball. At yep. the end of ten minutes. Yep. Um do you think that would be just a playoff rule or would that be a regular season rule as well? I mean, 
starts with the playoffs, I guess, but I feel like it could be a regular season rule. I guess the regular season problem is how do they keep getting in here? I don't know, but he's landed on your stomach. I'm a, the I'm latest wasp. Oh, he's on my stomach. I get the regular season part of it. You got to keep going, but like other games in the window. But in the postseason, yeah, they have to do something. It is pretty apparent we have a hornet's nest or a wasp nest or whatever you want to call it in the studio because that's number three. Well, this guy's aggressive. He's landed on you. He's landed on me. I've got him on my arm. Listen, your grandfather right now, we'll get back to the overtime discussion, but right now we got a wasp on my arm and uh, Grandpa Lane I don't know if that's it's probably not Grandpa Lane <laughs> Grandpa Murdy uh, is probably pretty excited that we didn't freak out right there so Austin has gone to take the latest wasp out of the building because Casey's uh, allergic to him so we wouldn't want that to end the show abruptly or to end Casey it wouldn't be great no, it wouldn't be great for you <laughs> Daryl says kill it. Um, it. So, okay, so that's, like, I'm okay with that solution. The reason why they didn't do this right is because of ties, number one, that ended up happening, and I think, and uh, more often, and also because of player safety. Really, player safety is the main thing. Uh, and for everybody, I, I do have a thought on the player safety part of this. Like, for everybody who just wanted to see, like, them keep playing, and everybody who keeps saying Buffalo's defense was gassed, and probably Kansas City's was too. Well, that's you're exactly speaking to the NFL Rules Committee. Their concern, if their concern is player safety, well, what are, when are you most likely going to get injured? When you're more tired and fatigued, right? And so to continue the game and keep prolonging the game as guys are getting more and more tired, well, that's what they're trying to avoid. That's why player safety is a part of it. I'm not saying they do the greatest job, but they've done a better job of player safety. And if player safety is a part of this, by everybody saying that Buffalo was gassed and you know it, well, then you're probably more prone to injury if you're gassed and not feeling great. So I think you're leading right into the reason why I don't think they will change the rule anytime soon. They could, and I'm okay if they do it. I think specific to this instance is play defense for 13 seconds. Stop them from scoring a touchdown. You have a chance to win both ways. In my opinion, Buffalo had a chance to win twice. Yeah. They had to stop somebody from going 35 yards and getting a reasonable field goal kick out of this in the final 13 seconds. And they're the number one defense in the NFL. And they couldn't do it, mm -hmm. which makes really no sense to me. I don't even know how they did that so quickly, uh, even though I watched it. And then on top of it, then just shut them down a little bit. I mean, you can't, you can't just say, no, offense, Kansas City's too good on offense. Well, there's three phases to the game. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, I think Buffalo has no excuse here. I think if you've watched a lot of their reaction, I don't think they're trying to lean on it as an excuse. There are some that don't like the OT rule. I think Dawkins, I read of Deion Dawkins, and, and that's fine. But you did not lose because of the overtime rule. You lost because you couldn't stop Kansas City over 13 seconds. Yep. And you were on your way to the AFC Championship game and hosting it. It's true. It just it stinks because you knew whoever won the coin toss was winning the game. You kind of got that feel, there, but nobody I didn't was know stopping that. anybody. I didn't know that. I, I didn't feel that way. I didn't. I thought, hey, listen, I think they're going to move up and down and get a field goal here. But I, I didn't think yeah. they were going to score necessarily. I thought someone was going to go make a play. You know, on 4th and 13, Josh Allen and, and Gabriel Davis made a play. 
I was looking for somebody to make a big pass rush, somebody to make a big hit, somebody to go make a play to win the game for Buffalo and alter the game on defense. You don't have to just do that on offense. When Kansas City got that field goal to send in overtime, I figured if Kansas City like won the coin toss, that the game was over. Like, that's that's where I was. Yeah, because the, the, that defense was way too gassed. Um, Kansas City was way too fast. And, yeah, I mean, I, I knew it was all but a formality at that point unless like a, a major catastrophe happened where Wilson fumbled the football on the snap or something like that. But besides that, yeah, I, I had Kansas City winning that game after. Yeah, and by the, that's okay. Like, yeah. I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. You're right. <laughs> it's kind of what happened. Yeah. They couldn't slow him down. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what happened. I just can't get over the last 13 seconds. How would you have defended? There were two defensive plays over the weekend mm-hmm. that I just – I guess I just don't understand him. I mean, the all-out blitz call by Bowles in the t- Tampa game mm-hmm. made no sense. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, I think he froze in the moment. Just keep everything in front of you, mm-hmm. even if you complete it. I mean, line up eight guys at the 40-yard line, you know? And then yesterday, 13, you're a defensive guy. Yeah. But I know you don't want to coach. But play defensive coordinator and, and redo those two instances and tell me what you would have done. Well, on. Just don't be in zone too high with Tyreek Hill, which means, like, you had – you essentially had a man coverage on Tyreek Hill. Now, uh, I understand, like, you know, that's who you guys are and it's worked all season. But, like, Tyreek Hill was getting open a little bit. And the fact that they essentially started him in the slot and worked him way in the middle. I mean, Andy Reid – like, that that, that was a a chef's kiss from Andy Reid. Because you knew, okay, if we have him outside, maybe he gets double teamed, maybe he goes into zone a little bit, we have him in the middle, it's trouble. So with, and keep in mind, like with the touchdown, I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel like I, you want to play who you are, but you also want to be safe, I guess. And that's what I would have done, being safe. Now, with the Travis Kelsey touchdown, I mean, that was a great play. That's fine. That's know? a great throw. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah. about the final 13 seconds. Yeah. And I think it starts with the kick. Wasn't Tyreek Hill back there on the kickoff? I believe he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm on a plane watching that game coming back, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, I don't think I'd kick it to him. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd kick it to him. And the moment... I thought the most dangerous thing was to kick it to him. And so the squib kick and everything else that people are now talking about that would have ran away, although you still could have easily just downed on the ball right away, too, if you were them, depending on where you picked it up. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand that. But with Tyreek Hill back there, as dangerous as that game and wild as that game had been, I'm just telling you the thought in real time in my mind Mm -hmm. was don't kick it to him. And so I think they did the right thing kicking out of the end zone. And now you got to defend. Basically, they just can't have two plays in a row work. They can have one, but they can't have two. Yeah. (laughs) And they couldn't stop it. Yeah. It's, I mean, listen, fatigue was a thing. The speeds, obviously, apparently, talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. But, I mean, that just can't happen, you know. And obviously with Travis Kelsey, and I got that confused. I'm talking about Travis Kelsey, um, you know, to, to set up the kick or whatever like that with that long pass. Once again, I mean... I like Kelsey against anybody, I, I guess, one-on-one. Now, like, the, the Kelsey pass set up the, the overtime kick or to, the kick to go to overtime. That yep, was zone yep. coverage. But, like, you almost got to double, you know, you, you almost got to put two guys on him. Um, there's no perfect way to stop the Kansas City Chiefs yeah, they're, at that they're moment. They're tough to defend. But I w- I'd take the Bill Belichick route, right? I wouldn't let Travis Kelsey beat me, and if I can help it, I'm not going to let um, Tyreek Hill beat me. 
if Byron Pringle, if Miko Hardman, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire beats me. Yeah, McKinney. Uh, all right, then, man, and so be it. But I, I can't let Kelsey beat me. I can't let Tyreek Hill beat me. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, go back to the Bucks. I mean, the cup catch. Oh, yeah. I mean, wh- why are they all out blitzing? Yeah. Like, you can't call it. Why would you call it? You open yourself up for that, don't you? Because guys, like, no, you do, absolutely. But, like, this is the ego of any kind of coordinator out there. It's you, you trust in who you are. And, and you trust in what you've done to get yourself to that point will carry you through to go to the Super Bowl. And, and sometimes guys are going to err on the side of this is who we are as opposed to err on the side of caution. That was another example right there. Now, I mean, the guy got tripped up a little bit with the cup one. I mean, there was, you know, he got all turned around and everything, so that didn't help anything either. It's just an insane call. In, in my estimation, you blitz, you leave everybody on an island against the best receiver in the game, mm-hmm. and you also are challenging a quarterback that's been in the league for 12 years and has a brilliant arm. Like, that's not what... I, I, I just don't understand why you wouldn't just put three out there and drop eight. Like, yeah. I mean, make them beat you that way, and you've got to spend more time. Same thing with the Kansas City game. Put three up there and let them think. When does Mahomes get in trouble? When he has a mental clock in his mind and, and just let him think a little bit. And he has to run around and waste time instead of pick up a first option or a second option. Yeah, but see, each, each circumstance is different, though. Like, the, the Rams were on the 40 already, and then the goals are trying to get a field goal. And yeah, they had a yeah. timeout left. So, like, if, if you're Tampa Bay there, you know, you don't want to give up anything of, of like, 20, 20 yards. 20 yeah. yards, you know? So you're trying a to take little them, tricky spot. So yeah. you're taking the middle of the field away. You know, you're, you're trying to take the boundaries away there. So everything's kind of discombobulated towards the middle. And then, you know, Cup on a great call breaks free on that long pass. Like, I mean, that, that was a ballsy play, though, for, for Los Angeles. I mean, I get it. He's, he's the best wide receiver in the game. I get it. You have one of the best quarterbacks with the biggest arms in the game. I get all of that. But, like, I wasn't expecting them, hey, let's go ahead and go whatever uh, you want to call it, a, a 40, 50-yard corner route. I wasn't seeing that at all. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I, they are tough. Listen, one of the reasons this is difficult and this comes into play is what you said. These two teams are tough to defend. Yeah. They have speed. They have a lot of weapons. They have the big play capability, right? You're playing the Jags. You're playing a lot of other teams. Listen, you're playing Tennessee. Yeah. Right? You're not afraid of those plays. Because they don't really have that big play capability yeah. that's going to burn you. You play in now Cincinnati with Chase, you got to be aware of that. Yeah. But these good teams, it just goes back. I always reference everything that, okay, what are the Jags need to do? What are the Jags need to do? I don't know if you can be what what Kansas City is because they are just so damn fast. Like, I don't know if they make enough guys sure. to go around the rest of the and, league, and that yeah. is so hard to defend. But they do have playmakers that can beat you. Mm-hmm. And so in a defensive coordinator's mind, like, I'm not giving up the play that beat, like, Florida State with Jacksonville State. Yeah. You know, that's what they're thinking. Well, that and then with Todd Bowles as well, I mean, Stafford was kind of struggling towards the end of that game. You know, like, he, he kind of got cold a little bit. And if I'm Todd Bowles, there's 20 seconds left, I'm thinking, okay, they're playing for the field goal. They're not going to try to go for the game winner on yeah. an over-the-top kind of play. So, like, uh, I think that the Buffalo one is, is a lot more, um, you know, just a bad Egregious, look. Because, yeah. exactly, as opposed to the Tampa Bay one where, hey, that was a great play call, and I didn't see that one Tip coming either. Yeah, 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 that's fair. Uh, hey, uh, Byron Leftwich is getting a second interview with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, and it's happening uh, tomorrow. We'll tell you the latest on that front uh, when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I'd say it felt like hung up there forever. You know, we got a uh, you know moving clock zero. Matthew did a great job just buying time, putting the ball up. 
let me run underneath it. And I'm not sure how he knew exactly where I was going to end up so quickly, but just a great, great job hitting me in stride. You know, one of those ones where you, you know, all you can do is just dig, dig out your route, look up for the ball and hope that it's, you know, floating up there. And, um, you know, it's just uh, a great play by Matthew putting the ball where it needed to be. That is Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's a kind of a cool guy in a weird way. Like, you don't have any idea about him. He just goes about his business, you know? Yeah. I mean, from that position, it's so flashy of a position. And uh, he just goes to work, man, and gets it done. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really feel good for Matthew Stafford. I mean, guys, you seems like a good dude, mm-hmm. uh, good pro, super talented, paid his dues for a long time in Detroit. People said maybe he was part of the problem. And I think that was a fair question. I mean, guy, his record, when you're that good and you can't win games and you can't elevate, uh, and now he's on a super team, <laughs> quite frankly. Yeah. But he delivered. I mean, he was really good. Really good. The numbers were terrific. Um, so good for Matthew Stafford. Uh, maybe talk about that a little bit later. I mean, who who would you like to see win? I think it's a weird four teams in that sense, right? I was I was really looking for the Bills and their fan base. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. I think Cincinnati could simply be an answer here. San Francisco's a good story. I'm not sure. They don't seem like they're a hateable team uh, in that sense, mm-hmm. unless you just don't like a Shanahan. But Garoppolo's not a bad dude, right? Um, and they feel like a little bit of a Cinderella coming out of all this. Uh, and then there's the Rams, who I think around here you'd love to see Stafford, but do you want to see Ramsey win a Super Bowl? And then there's the Chiefs who are are getting a little old quickly, uh, the Chiefs are, because they're in it every time. So uh, so it's it's a fascinating story. Uh, Let's get to the big news, though. Um, Aaron Wilson, uh, who's an insider in the NFL and has some good nuggets, uh, has uh, Byron Leftwich is reportedly um, going to interview tomorrow with the Jags in person. Cool. Uh, for a second time. I think this is interesting to our conversation earlier in the show. Jim Caldwell's second interview with Chicago is coming up this week. Yeah. And they've got a couple other, like Dan Quinn, and I think Eberflus is on Wednesday. So they're going to do a couple second interview guys. But it took a little while. So first off, left which getting a second interview, we kind of thought that would happen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that was pretty much all but obvious uh, in terms of, you know, him being a favorite in Vegas, obviously. You, you heard rumors tied to him. So... Yeah, I think it was just a matter of time. Um, and, yeah, well, hopefully that goes great because I think in terms of if you can't get Caldwell, um, if you can't get Doug Peterson, I think he's probably the best candidate for the job. Yeah, and I I think I agree. I sense that, too. Yeah. You know, it's been going back for a week that I've been. I'm probably a little later on the Leftwich train, but I did mm-hmm. more work on him, and I kind of like it. I really like what he could bring to the table. But I also want to make sure everything is is good. Mm-hmm. On that, in terms, he's surrounded with a, a situation to be successful. Um, but I think what's interesting is the Jim Caldwell interview, second interview in Chicago, just happening after all this time. Yeah, speaks to what we were talking about. That hey, don't sleep on a second potential interview for Jim Caldwell or Doug Peterson. Even though many would be like, "What the hell you been waiting for? They've been yeah. sitting on the beach." Yeah, yeah. Like I understand the concept. I get it. Yeah. But I I just said, and I've said for the last week, don't sleep on that still being a possibility. And I don't know if it is a possibility in Jacksonville, but obviously it became a possibility in in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, and this is why I'd make a horrible GM. Because, like, if Jim Caldwell is truly your guy, I'd make sure I wrapped him up before all this stuff, stuff started happening and dominoes started falling. So um, it makes me appreciate the fact that you have to have patience in this game. Uh, probably more patience than I could ever have. 
Yeah, a lot of patience. Honestly, in this I'm, game. I, I mean, like, if Jim Carl was truly my guy, I would have had him sign by last week. Yeah. And l- listen, I, I think I, I said something about earlier in the show, and I don't think I'm totally wrong here. Um, and again, not because I know, I just think this could be a train of thought is that, okay, Jim Caldwell's not going to have a ton of offers. I kind of feel a little bit like this with Hackett as well. Mm-hmm. I know Hackett's going for a second interview. I'm not sure Hackett gets a job in the cycle outside of Jacksonville. I'm not convinced of that. And so in my mind, if I'm shot, I'm like, listen, I, I'm going to you gotta gamble a little bit here, but I can do more due diligence because I think I got Caldwell and Hackett, one or the other, if not both, as fallback options if I continue to vet this out and take a little longer. Mm-hmm. That's what, I, I mean, I think you could think like that. Uh, now, you might be wrong, <laughs> yeah. but it was worth hanging around for Byron, you know, to see more on Byron and do more work on Byron, um, even if you're thinking that way. So I brought up this question last week when you were gone. Want to get your two cents about it. What would you, what, what would you be more upset with um, if this was to happen in case of a scenario? And me and Casey played this game last week. I want to get your input on it. Let's say that Byron Leftwich gets hired and Trent Balky remains the GM. Or you get Nathaniel Hackett or Matt Eberflus and they pick their GM. Which one would you be more upset about? All right, say it again. Come at me again. Sorry. Byron Leftwich gets the head coaching job in Jacksonville. Okay. But the, the caveat is that Balky is the GM. Or this team hires uh, Eberflus or Nathaniel Hackett, and they get to pick their own GM. Which one would you be more upset about? This was something that we did last week. Oh, so you did that? Oh, well, we already did this, but okay. we're, we're doing it again because you're here now. Um, here's no. what, here, I, would, I would be more upset with Leftwich. With Bulky. And Bulky. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is... I think you're trying to make people fit together then put in a position where I say, if I do this, this, and this, I succeed. Mm-hmm. And that's a dangerous place to be. Mm-hmm. Like, you talk about that whole square peg, round hole. You're trying to get it to work, and it might not work, and it might work. But you can't be that convicted on a guy like Balky to make it work, you know? To be honest with you, they tried to make it work when they put Coughlin Marone in charge and they said, okay, now you guys go ahead and fit with Dave Caldwell. And I'm not saying it was a disaster, but maybe it was. You know, maybe that was part of the disaster. Sure. So I think you've got to be really careful of that. And I just think, listen, if I'm advising Byron, I'm saying, Byron, you go find yourself a guy you can go toe-to-toe, step-by-step with, and you go build your staff the way you want it built. Those are the two prerequisites I have if I'm Byron Leftwich agent. You don't take this job unless you can do that. If it's Adrian Wilson, if it's ex-GM, you go get that guy, and then you build your staff. And if you can't do those two things the way you want to do them, then don't take the job in Jacksonville. That's the way I would advise Byron Leftwich. What did you guys say? Um, I said the opposite because I think the most important part is Trevor Lawrence. If you think Byron left with, I mean, I think they're both bad. But I'm saying if, if the goal is to build Trevor Lawrence up and give him the best possible option, then I think Byron left with rules all. It's a, it's a good debate. I mean, and I'm not saying I'm telling you you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think strongly about the the way you're lined up in your organization and culturally, can you do what you want to do if you're Byron Leftwich from a culture standpoint if Trent Baalke's still in place? I don't know if you can. 
No, I don't think so either. But I would be, I mean, like I said, I think Leftwich is best for Trevor, so I'd go with that. I mean, I think there's other options. Peterson, Caldwell. But I think Leftwich out of the, the second the tier wins the day. All right. Uh, Steven's hanging on the line. We'll get to him next uh, segment. Also more on the NFL playoff games and more. A couple of thoughts on, on what's going on with the Jags coaching situation. That story won't stop. 4 o'clock hour on ESPN 690 ahead. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.